friends, and welcome to Racy Friendship, a show about the twists, turns, highs, and lows of friendship told through radically authentic conversations. In each episode, I interview a friend about a challenging topic, and we discuss how to become better friends and nurture healthier, more life-giving relationships. We've all been through some tricky situations between friends, so why navigate these dilemmas on our own if we can learn from others around us? I am your host, Alex Yee, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Happy New Year, my friends! I hope you have all had a great first few days in 2021. I'm thrilled to kick off the year with a fun and raw conversation with one of my best friends, Con Lee. Guided by the theme of platonic friendships, we talk about taking risks, establishing boundaries, and the importance of clear communication, as well as self-discovery and identity. I hope you're just as blessed by this conversation as I was. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Khan. I'm so excited to have you and dive into the topic of platonic friendships. I'm just so honored that you would agree to be on this show in the first five recordings that I've ever done. So thank you for playing along. First off, I'd like my listeners to get to know you a bit. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Alex, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your podcast. I feel very honored. We are very close friends from high school, so I'm very happy to be here and and contribute to this, and hopefully it turns out well. Okay, so who am I? My name's Con Lee, and I currently live in Los Angeles, California, but I am Bay Area born and raised, obviously, because we went to the same high school together. Mm -hmm. And I currently work in the entertainment industry, you could say. It's live streaming, and I work in operations there. Some of the things I like to do is photography. It's been something I've been doing for a while now. I actually took a few pictures of you, Alex, and Maui. For those who don't know, Maui is my adorable dog. Yeah, so cute. Thanks, Con. Con and I met in high school. We actually met, I think, in middle school. Then we became closer in high school and then closest probably towards the end of high school and then have been pretty inseparable ever since as a part of the three musketeers, we like to call us, with Con, Amy, and I. Amy, who you have heard in a previous episode. Con is like my brother, and I'm really excited to talk to him about platonic friendships because him being a guy, me being a girl. Some people could assume that we are together when we hang out, but you know, we're like brother and sister. And so it gets a little weird. It could get weird to other people looking. And so I just wanted to dive into that weirdness and get to know what Khan's opinion of it is. Absolutely. Before we get started into the topic, if you were to create a map of your social circles, what would it look like? All right, social circles. There's plenty. I have my high school best friends, the three musketeers that we talked about. This is Amy and Alex. These are going to be my rock solid. This is the people that are going to be around. And then I have my roommates from college because they are a fun bunch. Definitely a fun lifetime that now that I think back, I might be a little tired. (laughs) But then also I have my bros. I used to be in Alpha Kappa Psi in college, and this was a very tight-knit group 
that I was able to get to know. And, and these are like my past, but still present social circles that I keep up with today. Another social circle I have is actually through photography. So I actually have a few friends who are photographers in the Bay Area. Shout out to all of those guys over there. Love them to death. I do miss the nightly excursions that we would do after work with a couple of beers and maybe some whiskey. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But those, to the extent, that is my social circle outside of any family or anything like that. Let's dive into the conversation around the experience of having best or close friends of the gender or sex that you may be attracted to and the nuances of it all. Khan, in your opinion, what is a platonic friendship? Platonic Okay, I had to search this up, to be honest, because my impression of it was completely different. If I were to go by the definition, essentially, it's friends that there is a potential for you two to be attracted to each other, a potential for a relationship or something more than just friends or acquaintances. The reason why platonic friendships is really interesting to talk about is because outside people might interpret things differently than what is actually the truth, which is where a lot of skepticism comes in, especially when you're younger. You're like, oh, guys and girls can't really be friends. Like, if inevitably you're going to fall for each other, inevitably you're going to find each other cute or whatever. Maybe in high school, everyone's hormones are off the charts and we're just trying to explore what we like, who we are, etc. But I think it is possible to have platonic friendships. What do you think? Agreed. Absolutely. I'm the, I wouldn't say the king of platonic relationships, but I'm definitely known for having more female friends than I do have guys, especially as I was younger. It was a weird time for many reasons. Like you said, it's out of the norm. So there's definitely several things that I would hear about. He's gay or he's very feminine, all these things. But I just realized that as I was growing up, the people that I connected with more tend to be people who were a lot more open with how you are as a person at the time. From my perspective, it was females that were a little bit more open to the silliness, the feminine side, the less masculine, so be it, like how you would call it. I think that's probably why I naturally gravitated towards girls, females. Mm -hmm. Come on, who can be silly talk Disney other than people like Alex here? Alex loves Disney. And I get to talk to somebody about Disney. This is great. Not only do we love Disney, but we also love singing along to Disney songs while on road trips. Yes, but not Amy. <laughs> no, she just falls asleep. <laughs> she likes to sing, <laughs> but maybe not like a sing-along with High School Musical. But yes, that's yeah. what we used to do. And that wasn't something that I felt like I could do with guy friends. Guy friends, especially in high school, were up basketball, talking about cars and sports. I didn't know anything about sports, so I couldn't connect on those things. But the things that I could connect on is music and musicals and Disney and just all these other things that I was interested in that I felt like my guy friends at the time were not interested in. And I wasn't necessarily allowed to talk about it, or I felt like I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Wow. Yeah. I think it's unique to find someone who has predominantly more friends of the opposite sex in high school, because 
while you say your guy friends were not interested in those things, maybe they were, but they didn't feel comfortable or safe in sharing about it until much later. So it's really cool that you're able to explore that side of yourself and those passions and hobbies and enjoy high school musical. Like it would be such a shame to be like, oh, my friends won't think I'm cool if I start singing along to this. So I'm just going to be quiet and closet myself. And it's no, why? We could just be ourselves. And I think if you're more genuine to yourself, you'll start attracting people who have the same interests as you are. It doesn't really matter what gender they are. Like It's just people who are passionate about something, you'll find other people who are passionate about it. But if you're trying to front, like people are going to see that wall right away and you just really won't be able to be your authentic self. Can I agree more? It's just so interesting because when I think about high school time, the whole social standard of being a guy, being masculine, being told what are the things that you should like, cars, skateboarding, basketball, football, that definitely was a part of me. I bought into that. I said I needed to fit in. And that's how I made my friends. I just made friends. And when someone talked about cars, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I like that too. And it's not that I didn't like it. I definitely was into cars. But I think as I got older, becoming more of a young adult now, if we can still consider ourselves young, I started to notice that I longed for less of the people who liked the same things as me, but more of people who were willing to talk to me about the things that they liked freely without judgment or anything like that. And that was a stronger connection for me than someone just talking about the surface things of sports and everyday life, but but more on the deeper end. Uh, a stronger connection, definitely. And had that been that way in high school, I think I would have had different sets of friends. Now, don't get me wrong. I really appreciate the people that I've met, you know, throughout the years and the friends that I've made, even if it was based off of what society said I should be like, I've learned from them, definitely. And without those experiences, I wouldn't have really found out that I do prefer a certain type of friend more than the other. Uh, and it really showed looking back that for some reason, females were the ones that are a lot more open to me at the time, which mm-hmm. then helped me create a stronger connection. And it was people that I could be more free with what I think and how silly I wanted to be all the time mm-hmm. during a time where I wasn't really allowed to be silly because I was supposed to be stoic and strong and mysterious, except I was none of that. <laughs> no, you definitely weren't. <laughs> and it was awesome. We had some guy friends in our high school group, uh, a few of them who I think ran along the lines of carrying more masculine energy, carrying more of the traditional expectations of how a man should act, what they should look like, what they should talk about. And I think there was this interesting tension between the two, like two sides. So Khan and then the other guys. And I think, I don't know if you sense that at all, but I remember like in senior year, we went to Carmel for some beach day thing. And you're the only guy that we brought with us. (laughs) And we were like, don't tell the other guys that we're going on this trip. Oh, yeah. I didn't think there was any tension. And honestly, from my perspective, back then, I didn't really think much at all. So uh, I probably didn't even notice. I just think I enjoyed the fact that we were going together somewhere and I didn't really, I know we talked about it during the trip. Like you're the only guy here. And 
But I didn't really see that or connect it and say like, I am, I'm really the only guy. It was just more of, oh, we're going to get, go somewhere together. We're spending time together. And that's all that really mattered to me because mm. I didn't really care that there was guys or girls. So it comes back to that weird platonic thing. Like I, I don't understand it very much that like you can't be friends with opposite sex because for me, those were the people that I connected with the most and in the majority, not to say that I didn't have guy friends. I definitely had some close guy friends that I could mm-hmm. recall back on. And I would say that I enjoyed time with them. But if we're talking about the general scheme of things, like more girlfriends than guys. Uh, so it's really funny that you said that there was a tension, but I didn't really, I didn't really notice that. What I did notice is that the guys in our group, I didn't connect with as well. Mm. that's for sure like not on the level that i i felt like i could be alone with them and completely free but in a sense where we are all together as a group and we're totally fine with it and we get to know each other a little bit more but maybe not on the level as the people that we went to carmel with yeah i also remember how i think our parents were like where's con gonna sleep (laughs) so getting into that like okay we're in high school Parents know that we're going to stay in a motel. There is a guy with us. Are we going to put him on the ground? Like, who knows, right? Okay, Con, do you remember what ended up happening? Uh, no. I <laughs> Did we all sleep on the same bed? Yeah, we basically just sandwiched. It was, <laughs> I think it was like five or six of us. And then Con, somehow you ended up in the middle. So you had, Sounds I think Amy right. and I... Or maybe another friend were on the other side and then there was nothing like weird about it. And I thought that was so cool because a lot of people or maybe parents were particularly worried. Um, It's only weird if you make it weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good that you bring that up. It's only weird that you make it weird. Because honestly, with I don't even remember there being an issue with parents thinking oh this is this one guy I, th- I i felt like all the parents were cool with me like yeah i thought your parents were cool with me like we had that relationship and then everybody else's parents were cool with me i thought that was the case but hey again I, that was another part of my life where i didn't really think too hard <laughs> but yeah you're right we all were in the same motel don't even remember that because maybe it didn't matter mm-hmm. and the next day we just went to the beach we walked yeah. around it was nice it was great yeah it was awesome. I think our friend group was maybe less high schooly than other high school peer groups. Like we didn't get into drugs or know about drugs and drinking until later on, like very much closer to graduation when people got more comfortable talking about it. But our group was singing Sean Kingston, Disney songs, playing mini golf, driving to random places where people might think that we're hotboxing, but instead we're actually just like talking about life. (laughs) Oh, man. All of our conversations we had with our friends there, like that's where we went to just talk about our lives and connect in a so much deeper way than I could remember at school. You know, you didn't really talk to anybody in school like that. That was yeah. a spot that is like really connecting to to our past because it was just where we could, could just spill our thoughts, everything that we're thinking of, our worries, our fears, our hopes, our futures, mm-hmm. our dreams, like just anything we can think of mm-hmm. and without re- reservation, without judgment. We were just so open with each other. And that's probably why we're still friends now. Yeah, that and you've managed to weave yourself into my family so much so that my dad calls you son. Call hey, Dad. dad. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the tips on the the cycling. 
I appreciate it, Dad. Yeah, and then my sisters also being like your little sisters and you watching over them, asking them how their lives are. I think you did ask, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Okay, he better be good. I need to approve. There's this joke that you have over, like, I think they totally see you as a big brother. So that's been really cool. No way. I'm a freaking goofball. No way. I can't be an older brother. But I do I do play that card sometimes, though. I did, I know I did it with, with, with one of your sisters. That's for sure. And yeah. I think I embarrassed her. Oops. Sorry. But yeah, I know I'm a silly guy. I, I do some weird stuff. But your family does have a, a funny connection with me. Taking it back to platonic relationships, okay, okay. platonic friendships. Khan, what do you think are some rewards or perks of having platonic friendships in your life? That's a good question. That's hard to think about. Just anchoring back to the fact that I didn't really see that much of a difference between genders. I mean, besides being myself, being free to be silly and quote unquote feminine, mm-hmm. that was a benefit for me. It was just a chance to be like more myself than a facade that I would have to put up towards other people. And that's not to anybody's fault, but my own and how I interpreted life and how I thought that was the way to be. But it was really nice once I figured out like I didn't have to be a certain way around Mm -hmm. our group of friends and to just really be myself. That's definitely a reward in itself, like finding this group of friends to be comfortable with. I was just Mm -hmm. lucky that I was able to figure that early on, but it didn't mean that it solved it for me throughout the rest of my life. I still had this mindset of what a man should be, and I carried that in some ways. But this group of friends that I found stuck Mm -hmm. all throughout those years have been a constant denominator in all of this. So It would be unfortunate to discount or dismiss friends purely based on what gender they are. Absolutely. You just don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And- And if you're out there thinking, oh, did I have the right friends before? Just know that all of those friends, everybody you've ever interacted with your life is shaping you to who you are today. I owe it to everybody that I've ever met, every friend that I've ever made, every acquaintance I ever made, and every enemy I've ever made (laughs) to who I am today. I was a goofball. I was annoying. I definitely am still an idiot, but I was more of an idiot back then. All those things, they just shape me to who I am and to be who I want to be today and, and who I want to continue to be. It's all a part of learning through this process of life. We will never really figure out who we are because I don't think it's a constant thing. Life changes yeah. us and uh, will continue to change throughout the years. We'll never be the same. So if you ever look back and like, what did I learn from my relationships? And what were the things that I connected to the most? And how do I connect with them now? Yeah, that self-awareness, that ability to take a step back and look at how valuable these friendships are. Even if they did hurt you, some friendships are meant to be there for a season and maybe meant to be there just to teach you something or to open up an opportunity that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Which brings me to some challenges in platonic friendships. Like obviously there are a few things in which can go bad in a platonic friendship when it becomes no longer platonic. What happens when one party wants to be more than friends? How do you navigate it? Hmm, That's hard. To pursue feelings or to keep the norm Mm -hmm. of friendship, not want to lose it. Yeah. Say you have a platonic friendship and then one day something changes and you're like, hola, wow, huh, that person could be a really good partner for me. 
Or, I don't know, they get a cool fresh cut and then you're like, holla. Maybe this is more in high school <laughs> or college. Holla, well, you got a haircut, holla. That's all it takes is to get out of the friend zone is a fresh haircut. Man, uh, I guess being on the other side of it, for sure. So this has happened before, like having what I thought was platonic relationships, but it was one-sided. And um, that's confusing. <laughs> Thankfully, at the time, it happened early on. It was easier to separate yourself uh, from that friendship for me, at the very least, to respect the boundaries of this is no longer a platonic friendship. And I can't imagine if it was a longer relationship, what that would be like. Back in college, where platonic friendship was one-sided, for me, it was really just about acknowledging, like, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for saying something. Mm. And uh, giving me a chance to explain my side of it rather than continuing on and having assumptions or unsaid feelings, which could have turned it sour, Mm. where we may look at each other and be angry at each other. And so it's important that if something I feel like from being on the other side of this Mm. is that something is said and then being mature enough to acknowledge their feelings and then speak your feelings and then come to a conclusion or a compromise. Now, I wouldn't say that this specific scenario that I'm referring to actually came to a very clean compromise, but at least feelings were said. There was closure and acknowledgement and then moving on. Maybe we didn't talk about how we were going to move on, but it was unsaid like, okay, we're moving on. Looking back, it was just it's good to do that. Now, had it not been that way and had it been unsaid, maybe that would have been a lot a little bit worse. Expectations not being met and unacknowledged feelings can cause tension and anxiety and sometimes bitterness, I can imagine. I could see that happening with unmet expectations bubbling up or some resentment. And all of a sudden, one party's sending all these signals that they're not getting it. How can they not get it? That means they just don't like me back. Oh my gosh. And then they still want to be friends. You know, and then all these thoughts can come into the head that are probably just speculation, but I'm sure people can drive themselves crazy. It can just go down this train of of wreckage. And I think your advice around say something early, and it doesn't have to be super awkward. It's going to be difficult and vulnerable, but you can say, hey, I'm developing feelings for you. And I know that changes our relationship from friendship into possibly something more, but that's just like where my feelings are at and I'm not expecting anything back, but I just want to let you know. And then it gives permission for the other person to respond in a respectful way. Be like, thank you for sharing with me. I don't feel that way, but I'm still here to be your friend. So if you're open to still continue to be friends, and if you can be friends, I want to support you and be here for you throughout life, uh, but just in a very non-romantic way. <laughs> way, way to hammer it on the head. <laughs> just no, got to yeah, be super I, clear. <laughs> that is very clear. Alex makes a good point here. Um Trying not to leave room for much interpretation is a great way of going about it. And, you know, what she says doesn't have to be the exact words, but it's along the same lines of eloquently saying how you feel and also being firm on where you stand. Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is not where I see us going. And that's okay. It's okay to say that. Don't be afraid to communicate that. Because if you guys are friends, if you guys are really friends, you guys care about each other, you'll listen to each other. Uh, And that's the biggest thing. And it doesn't happen like this all the time. 
So it's okay if it doesn't work out. It's okay if it's the response that you weren't looking for. It just means that it wasn't meant to be. And this happens to guys too. When guys you know, crushing on their friend who is a girl, they're questioning everything too. That's for sure. It's a complicated situation when feelings change or the thought that feelings might have changed. Hmm. I think that's another distinction too, is that sometimes in a certain moment, you're like, damn, holla. Just kidding. No, you're like, damn, this person, this my friend, they're so wonderful. There's so many good hmm. qualities about them. And isn't that a weird blurry line, right? Like you're like, that's dateable, right? Good qualities. We like each other. We hang out. We're like best friends. That's a really gray area that you Mm -hmm. could get confused sometimes. And sometimes you don't really see the clear line until something happens. Or as you start to discover yourself more, you realize that there is a difference Mm -hmm. and that it isn't necessarily the right person for you that you Mm want to pursue. So it's not oh my God, I like them today and it's over. You could still continue the relationship without really knowing for sure. But if you have the urge, like we were saying, to say something or you want to know yourself, the the best thing, if I was on the other side, I would want them to tell me. And what I would tell myself if that was happening is I should say the same thing too. Reach out to understand, especially if I could see it going further in my own mind, in my own heart, to give myself a chance to express expresso my feelings Mika would say (laughs) and just get it out there with the same kind of mentality of trying to find a middle ground if it doesn't work out then okay like it doesn't work out can we still be friends yeah we can absolutely great continue that friendship and sometimes that works really well sometimes both parties can be great friends and sometimes it doesn't and if it doesn't that's okay too because again Things change and it's okay to move on in your life to other relationships, other friendships. And there's really isn't one constant, like this is the only thing that you could really do. There's so many possibilities and opportunities. Yeah, I would caution people in making a distinction between being attracted to that person for that day or so versus actually being romantically attracted to them as in wanting to start a relationship with them in a different way. I think there's a lot of influences in our daily life, right? Instagram or movies, maybe just going through a really difficult season of singleness. And if both parties are single, it's, oh, I'm lonely, you're lonely, like, why don't we just make this work? And just being careful, like, those are the relationships that you probably don't want to take that risk on because it's really hard to step back. And you have to evaluate, am I really feeling this way about them? Like, How would I feel if they got into a relationship with someone else? Would I feel jealous? Would I feel like, oh, I wish that was me? But if it's not, and you're just going through a time where things feel really tough, uh, maybe families saying, hey, when are you going to get married? Or, oh, you guys look cute together. Then taking a step back, just remind yourself how valuable that platonic relationship is and how unique it is. Because I think it is harder to develop platonic relationships that are really solid, lifelong friendships. In general, it's really hard to find really good, solid friends that will be your cheerleader who won't get jealous when you succeed and who will like party with you when things go well, will cry with you when things go poorly. And will check you when you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you need to find those people that will tell you the truth. So yeah, just taking a step back and saying, is that worth the risk? Even if you do find yourself attracted to that person, you're going to give up that friendship. And so is that worth it? Like it will change. 
And I think a lot of people just speaking to friends anecdotally, a lot of them say, you know, I wouldn't want to risk it because this friendship is so good for me. And we see it being something that's lifelong versus a romantic relationship may not be. There's no guarantee versus a friendship hopefully can last through many different seasons. Yeah, I agree with a lot that you have said, although I would reframe it for myself a little bit differently. Mm. Less thinking of risk, less thinking of knowing absolutely and being sure. If I'm looking at the lens of maybe growing up in high school, it's a little bit harder to really know that. Mm. It really is because I, I wouldn't have known, honestly, would have not known. And even as an adult, it's still pretty hard to know. The way that I would reframe it for myself would be more of take a breath, ask yourself, what is it that you like about this person? And then go through it and just be like, is this what I would consider somebody I would want to be romantic with as like a different framing? Just because, you know, if I'm thinking of a younger self, knowing absolutely and being sure that's difficult, that really is difficult. But sometimes, and this is where we align, is taking a step back, breathing, pausing to think about it. Mm. Oftentimes when we pause to think about something, we have clarity in what we're thinking about because we're thinking about the moment where you're starting to question a feeling towards a platonic friend, for this example, you're on a high. You're like, you're feeling good. And you want to take a step back so that you can calm down to really assess how you are. This is like a shock value kind of thing. Like when you're shocked by something, you're not really sure how you're supposed to feel. You're stunned. Mm. You're like numb. You don't really know. And you're like, what do I do? Where am I going? And your brain's a little lost when you're shocked. But as you calm down, you start to really realize oh, this is really truly how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And then you can calmly make decisions about what to do next. Mm -hmm. And this applies here too. It's just you're on a high, you're feeling really great and you want to just act on that because it feels so good and it feels so right. Take a pause, take a step back and then reflect mm -hmm. and then ask yourself questions. Your questions, not just the ones that we're saying, but like the ones that are important to you. What's important to me and how does that apply to this that's happening in front of me right now? This platonic relationship potentially shifting for me. Is it shifting? Am I changing my perspective here? Do I really feel these things? Why do I feel these things and what's important to me? What is a romantic relationship mean to me and how does that compare to this relationship? I like that because it's not speaking at a place of fear. You're speaking from a place that is less driven by fear of rejection from the other person, but more so being sure of yourself and what you want and who you are uh, and taking actions based on the self-awareness that you have, that you've done the work to identify rather than these like really quick, oh, yeah, why don't I just reach out to them and be like, oh, let's just take this to another level. I don't know. Yeah. And to me, that's just very volatile. And uh, volatile is, is painful to the heart these days. <laughs> and I think it anchors back to what do you have control over? Something that I think of as a principle in life. What do I control? What is it that I can control myself? Because those are the things I can change. So I control my decisions. I control my actions. Those are things I control. I can't control someone else's reaction. Mm. I can't control someone else's decision. And so oftentimes I try to anchor back to the things that I control to help guide me on my next step. Not just in relationships, but professionally, personally, doesn't matter. It's just 
what is in my control? And those are the things that I should always focus on to help me find what's next, what I should do and should not do. Because it gets really difficult when you start trying to control things that are outside of your realm, how someone else might behave. And that's that, that causes anxiety in some ways. On that topic, uh-huh. how do you manage uh, a partner who may not understand your platonic relationships? You put them in their place. yeah it sounds funny but i'm being honest here okay maybe not in that way (laughs) not like woman you better listen to me no it's uh it's more of like communication that's kind of like the biggest thing lack of communication creates this sense of mystery and for the other person mystery doesn't really do well lack of transparency doesn't do well because it has room for interpretation it has room for um, assumptions and these ideas they can start festering and growing and growing and before you know it this person can be really upset with you communication is the biggest way to address this Um, Yeah. So, Say your partner learns early on in your dating relationship that you have best friends who are of the opposite sex or the gender you're attracted to. And the friendship is really long. Like it predates any time that you and that new partner have been seeing each other. And so when your best friends and your partner meet, what is going on in your head? Do you feel an expectation to manage that introduction in a certain way? What would you want out of the relationship between your partner and your platonic friends? Yeah, I want them to be best friends and uh, really close. The way that I would approach it is really just organically um, not forcing it because that seems unnatural and can be a little fake sometimes or having it organically come up. But even if you have it organically come up, you can't have the expectation that your partner will understand it. Like you said, this is predates their time. It's a relationship that they will never fully understand because it's an, a relationship they've never had or they weren't there when you were having it. So you can only do your best to explain the situation as best as you can, but there may be a time where things are misaligned. When that happens, be okay with it. Acknowledge that feeling is all I could really say as an advice. Acknowledge that no matter who you're seeing, if they have concerns, it's okay. It's okay for them to have those concerns. Just talk to them. Talk through it. Ask them what is it that bothers them most about it and talk through it. If you guys love each other, if your partner and you care about each other, there will be an agreement. I don't even think there will be a compromise. There will just be an agreement and understanding that this is the relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. And the moment you don't address those feelings, and this is what I'm saying, oh, don't worry about them. That is not addressing their feelings. That's deflecting or pushing Mm -hmm. that away. Addressing their feelings is saying something along the lines of, I can see how you would feel that way. And if they say they're uncomfortable, I'm sorry that you're uncomfortable. And if you're not really sure what to say next from there, you can ask, what can I do to help you be more comfortable with this relationship that I have, platonic friendship that I have? What questions do you have for me? What would you want to know? And work through that and and really just get down into the weeds of what's driving that emotion they're giving you, the anxiety that they have about the relationship you have and talk through it with them. 
And oftentimes they start to see why you guys are friends and why you guys are nothing more than that. And it also shows how much you care about the person that you're with because you're willing to acknowledge where they're coming from, that that might not be normal for them from their world. Or maybe they have insecurities that you want to work through with them and that you accept them for their insecurities. And that's a part of who they are and and that all you care for is making it work. So by talking and by expressing your feelings and acknowledging theirs, you are building a stronger foundation within your relationship with your partner, along with letting them know about this other part of your life of these platonic friends that you've had for X amount of years and why they're important to you and why they should be involved in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think speaking on the opposite side, so I have been single for many years, could say decades. And so I had a lot of platonic friends uh, whose partners got jealous of my relationship or the guy's relationship with me. There was definitely a really dramatic and terrible experience being a platonic friend with someone who had a, I will say it, crazy girlfriend who got super jealous of him and I and decided to cyberbully me in high school and turn all the girls against me because I apparently I had eyes on her man. And I was like, I don't want him. You could take him, please. (laughs) But that was like early on in my life, right? In high school where I had to deal with a crazy girlfriend of a platonic friend. And so what I learned is that I felt like there was an expectation for me as a single girl with a platonic guy friend to make an effort and be friends with the girlfriend and assure her that we're totally platonic. And so what, what I would do is talk to the guy friend about other guys that I was interested in and talk about my singleness of, oh, it sucks to be single. You guys are so cute and relationship goals. And so that the girlfriend felt, oh, then she can't possibly be interested in him because she's dating other people. I just didn't want to have to navigate the insecurities of that partner. So I just felt, oh, maybe I could do my part in making it a little bit easier by just being encouraging and, and being outwardly affirming that the relationship is platonic. That's really interesting that you say that. It makes me want to ask you, had that person been more accepting of your platonic relationship with their partner, do you think that your platonic relationship would have stayed strong? Yeah. So because of that, you stepped away and you said goodbye to this friend. Eventually, you distanced yourself to the point where you guys were no longer close. Yeah, I think it speaks into adult relationships too, where it's probably just not appropriate to call your friend late at night and talk about super personal things if they have a partner. Like, There's boundaries that you can set. Uh, Of course, if you're going through something difficult, like you're in need of help, then of course that's appropriate. And that partner should support you too. Even if they are on speaker, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. They love you. Or it's okay, hey, I'm going to go to the other room because they're going through something right now. I need to talk on the phone. That's totally fine. But I do think for platonic friendships, there are some boundaries that you have to respect when your friend has a partner. I think maybe could be applied to all friendships in general. It's just like that moment in which you're probably no longer best friends with that person anymore. Like you're not the best friend spot because their partner is that best friend spot. So we lost Amy. So sad. Mike is great. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that in general, just have to be aware on how it might come across. Yeah, it's about respecting all parties here as best as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important to you. Just the acknowledgement of and being the one to make the call after seeing something that maybe you don't want to be a part of anymore. You're recognizing that is more harmful than helpful. 
continuing a certain relationship. Yeah. And it definitely is a testament of the partner, right? If the partner is not getting along with your platonic friend, maybe that's something you need to talk to them about and saying, oh, are there insecurities there? Or do you not trust me? And that's something you probably have to address in the relationship itself because it's maybe a projection of another issue and not necessarily related to that specific relationship, in which case maybe you're not communicating enough. Or maybe that person just has some insecurities that they're working through and that conversation, that open conversation can help either party grow and develop out of it. Yeah, or acknowledge if it needs to part ways, right? Like uh, if I had a relationship where someone was like, no, you can't be friends with them, then Mm -hmm. I would absolutely say goodbye. (laughs) Just like AOL email. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Wow. We've talked about some boundaries in which can be put in place to ensure the relationship remains platonic, it remains life-giving, remains respectful. Uh, A lot of that comes from acknowledging other people's feelings, communicating, having open communication for either party, whether it be the party itself or maybe a partner of that party. Uh, And then also just an awareness and acknowledgement of your own feelings. Uh, Where are you now? And being okay and confident in voicing your needs. If your needs change, it's okay to talk about it and try to be as respectful as possible when people open up their hearts to us. And that really speaks to the strength of that friendship. And then I think lastly, there was a boundary set in place for our own sake, which is a platonic relationship might be great. It's the same as every other friendship in which sometimes you have to make the difficult call to end that season, whether that season ends because you're deciding to turn it into a romantic season or you're going to turn it into a season of differences and separation. All of these boundaries will help each person feel supported and encouraged and hopefully avoid conflict. I don't know if I could say it in a better way. Boundaries are like guidelines, what you're willing and what you're not willing to do. And you're setting boundaries in a state where you're centered and like you have an idea of how far you're willing to go before you're hitting that boundary. And you're like, okay, we can't go beyond this because then that becomes not okay for me. Or that becomes a point in which this relationship starts changing early on setting those boundaries and and recognizing them, which is a skill that needs to be learned and, and honed through time. But setting those boundaries helps you stay within the range that you're comfortable with. If you notice that you're going past that boundary for whatever reason and it makes you uncomfortable, that needs to be a boundary and not do that anymore. I can't say this eloquently either. But yeah, boundaries are important in all things, not just platonic relationships, but partnerships, family, professional life. Boundaries are very important and you may not know what those boundaries are until you start discovering them yourself. You got to feel a little pain before you really know how far you can go. What's your threshold Mm -hmm. before you say, this is no longer something I'm willing to do, Mm -hmm. tolerate or experience. Do you have any advice for creating and maintaining strong platonic friendships? I have no idea. Alex, what have I been doing good to maintain a strong platonic (laughs) relationship? Wow. Let's just say that there isn't any right way to do this, except for asking yourself if you are comfortable with what you're doing. The reason why I don't really think that I am the role model for platonic relationships is because, I don't know, there was definitely a period of time where I stepped away from this relationship. That's for sure. Because of what was happening in my life at that time. 
I had a partner who I made a mistake with, lost their trust. And in doing that, I felt like I had to make it up. And a part of it was dedicating all of me to them and no one else. And uh, I felt like that's what I needed to do. And yeah, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But I stepped away from my platonic relationships. I stepped away and I wasn't present for a while. And that was one of those times where I gave it up. Looking back, I wouldn't do it again. Moving forward from that point on, I realized that I would never do that again because that was my way of discovering a boundary. This is not something I'm willing to do anymore, that I'm not willing to change my life in such ways for someone else, that I need to find someone who can accept me for who I am in the current state and who I could become so that we can work together to become the ideal relationship that we would want to be. And so it's difficult for me to say, like, what was successful? I think what was successful is that I had very forgiving friends who are dedicated and accepting that things in life happen and that we could still be part of each other's lives should we choose to. I chose to be a part of my friends' lives and come back into it and reintroduce myself into it. And it's like I never left because they're wonderful people and that's the reason why we're still friends. So I'm not the example. I don't want to be an example. I just got really lucky. But all you can really do is just take what you got and move on from there and do the best that you can to your boundaries, what your standards and expectations are. And maybe you might actually fail sometimes and that's okay. Just find out what you're willing and not willing to do from that point and move on, learn from it and apply it. Yeah, that's so good. I really appreciate how vulnerable and transparent you've been in your own experience. I don't think anyone is looking for that poster child in platonic friendships, but it really helps to learn from someone else's experiences, their mistakes, and their successes. You can only identify or recognize a success after there has been failure. My hope is that we can all learn from each other's life experiences and continue to build strong bonds with our friends, no matter who they are, what they look like, what orientation they are, as long as everyone is respectful and communicative and not too hard on ourselves. I think there could be something really beautiful there. So thank you so much, Khan, for this interview, for being a guest on the show. Thank you, Alex. It was so great for you to have me on your show. I am so proud and happy for you for pursuing something that is so amazing. I think this is perfect for you. And I loved our conversation today. I can't believe you got me to say these things. This is weird, but awesome at the same time. And I just can't wait to hear what everyone else has to say on your show, because it's just so great to hear your thoughts and the thoughts of our friends and family. So thank you for doing this because it is going to be a memory, a great memory. Oh, thank you. I'm so curious to see uh, what I can get out of my friends. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> Round two. <laughs> wow, guys, I don't know about you, but that was so good. I loved when Khan encouraged us to take a breath, step back and assess how we're really feeling before making a change. He also reminds us how important it is to express ourselves to give ourselves the grace and space needed to better understand how we are feeling, and then to communicate it with someone you are hoping to move out of the friend zone with, or to extend grace when hearing someone else out without hurting their feelings. If you stayed around this long, I know it spoke to you. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you again to Khan for being such a gracious guest. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and consider subscribing to the show. 
You can connect with me on Instagram by following Racy Friendship. I would love to hear what you think. I'm always looking for new topics to talk about friendship, or if you have something on your heart and you'd love to talk to me about it, I'd love to hear. Until next time, y'all.